really get into the nitty-gritty behind monsters from different lore. However, there is a general focus on D&D. We are players and DMs, so we draw from our experience with different tabletop RPGs. And we tend to go off on tangents every so often. If you're looking for facts and historical value, this may not be the podcast for you. But if you love discussing monsters and all of their potential just for fun, then we got you covered. Adult content warning, and with all that out of the way, my name is Dylan, and I'm joined once again by my two brave monster hunters. I'm Alex. And I'm Melina. And this is Mornings with Monsters. Yeah. <laughs> Cobalts. Good morning, Cobalts. Cobalts. The reason, the beginning. Monsters. <laughs> The long time coming. Yeah. yeah. Um, any, uh, you want to give them maybe a backstory about why we're doing this? I, I, I said we're all nerds. I know I'm a big nerd. I'm a giant well, nerd. <laughs> I mean, who started playing D&D first, guys? That's true. Who got who into D&D? I would say I might be the, the longest time nerd. Just You're the link in our chain. <laughs> I'm the link in the chain. The glue that no, holds we... it together. Who doesn't love hearing about monsters and listening exactly. to nerds talk? I mean... So we all no. play D&D every week in one way or another in multiple campaigns and discuss nerdy things. Um, but... Um... We can't shut up and stop interrupting <laughs> the campaign exactly. when, we encounter, when we encounter interesting monsters. Because, I mean... Like, what you want to fucking like? talk about them? What does he look like? Where is he from? What's his, his backstory? History not check. To, not to mention, do they have a culture? Untreated ADD does not work very well when you have hyperfocuses. This is true. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. So uh, we're probably the three worst of as far as like describe this, describe this, describe this. Whenever we encounter, you know, monsters, we ask so many questions. Tell me it's intuition, or tell me it's fucking alignments and and everything about it i want to know it all yes right. what were the cultural implications of this uh <laughs> monster coming into the dungeon at this point like yeah. the, we really need to know its motivations and if we kill it will it throw off the ecosystem yeah exactly we're very I'm conscious sorry, of asked her about that that's that's fair the delicate ecosystem i want to know the uh, underground trade routes and the the currency they use and why they speak the language they speak <laughs> well, especially. Oh wait, we're talking about cobalts today, not whatever cobalt. the fuck we, we encountered. I don't know. Alex had us play a a dungeon where they were like underground tree systems. I forget which creature was down there, but it was some sort of like bullywog creature. Um, were they bullywogs? I think so. That'll well, be another whole I would, episode. I would say. Weirdly enough, like bullywogs, goblins, and kobolds, not only in D and D, but in most like RPG games, are some of the first kinds of creatures that you encounter. Like yeah, they seem to be pretty like starter set. Exactly. Like low level, easy to kill. Um, They seem at face value dumb and unorganized. But, as I'm sure we'll discuss, yeah. that may not be the truth. Yeah, a lot of people, their first glimpse of a kobold is always a weak, cowardly enemy that they can easily sweep off the floor. But they don't realize that a lot of the times they'll start an instance with a single kobold and its friends are just hiding in burrows or dens right below, you know? They're pack creatures. They are. Yeah. I believe. So we we know what kobolds are and most people you know what's weird I, I have a lot of nerd friends and they don't all know what kobolds are because if you're not into the fantasy end of nerdiness you might not ever even encounter them you know That's you, true. you don't really see them in lord of the rings oh. or um you know other no. ma- major media but if you've yeah. ever played like a mmorpg based in fantasy you've seen a kobold um, yep. Or if you've ever played Dungeons and Dragons, which we will talk about at length because we're all D and D nerds. Um, so yeah, I guess I will uh, give a short description on what a kobold is. Then we'll just uh, you know talk about them. I have a couple prompts and questions. How you guys would, you know, how you feel about certain aspects of the kobold. Um, but essentially, they are usually depicted as small lizard-like humanoids with uh, a dog or rat-like face. 
uh, bony frame, smaller than halflings or hobbits, um, and gnomes. They're actually smaller than gnomes too, generally. Uh, they're sometimes depicted with fur, but generally shown with red or black scaly skin. Sometimes changing, but only when they have strong dragon blood. Uh, so essentially, like, if they are the brood of a blue dragon, they may have blue skin, but that's very rare. Um, they, uh, they live to about 120 years, unless they are blessed with dragon blood, they can live up to 400. Uh, they are usually depicted with wings in this case, and they're known as a separate creature, known as an erd. Um, they're very rare though. Uh, kobolds are dependent on their climate for warmth, so they generally uh, are found deep underground. Uh, they actually absorb the heat weirdly through their skin, I'm not sure exactly, and that's only in certain depictions of them. but. Uh, they, they have a surprising affinity for magic. They also eat four times more than they should have to for their size. Uh, and because of this, they eat a bunch of nonsense like bark and bones and stuff like that. Uh, and then their society is generally based off mining. They love it. They live for it. And they're happy. They're generally happy creatures uh, and surprisingly hygienic. That's, that's all I wrote for it to kind of paint a picture of what most people consider a kobold to be. Um, yeah, sound did right you guys, to you guys. <laughs> yeah, did you guys uh, read over the little bit of information on the internet that says the original form of D&D kobolds were, like, made to look like dogs because their description said they had, like, dog-like voices and communications, and the artist got confused. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. By, like, I think 3E, they switched it back to the lizard-like look. Huh. Yeah, I wish I had my, I actually brought like my um, 0.5 or 1.5 edition, like D&D Advanced book, but I only have the player's handbook. I don't have the um, like monster manual, gotcha. but those are some, honestly, like the old edition D&D books, like the art is just so cool. And the original designs for a lot of these monsters and characters, like if you're into creature concept creation, like just so fucking cool to even look at. Agreed. So. Yeah, and a, a theme I'm sure we're going to run into, especially when talking about D&D, is they kind of contradict themselves uh, from edition oh, uh. to edition. Like, the dog thing, Ian, like, it said that they speak draconic, the language of the dragons, um, but they don't obviously sound like dragons, and they sound more akin to dogs. But I didn't know that that was a whole confusion thing, which is awesome. Yeah, it's pretty. it was a pretty fun fact that I saw. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Because imagine you're that artist and all you have to go on is like a physical description. And you're like halfway through a lizard guy when you, you get to the dog part and you're like, you're like shit. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> is he supposed to have fur? <laughs> right. Like for the, before oh. like deep diving into like what the kobolds actually are i kind of considered them as like the rat level of being to a dragon rather than like a piece of a dragon and i think maybe that's because of where i originally saw kobolds um but we'll get to that in a minute um and I, I was also, like, di- trying to find the origin of the kobolds, and this is the whole reason why I decided to put that disclaimer in there, because, Are like... Are you talking fantasy origin, or, like... I'm talking real... about the very first time someone wrote about kobolds ever. And and, what I saw, it was a German tale. Yeah, it was. It's it's seems to be Germanic in origin, um, yeah. but it's also interchangeable with, like goblins <laughs> and hobgoblins. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. Well, I mean, I guess when you look at the original, like I just have the original picture pulled up right now from 1E, it definitely it looks like a like a more goblin-esque dog, like a more dog-esque goblin. Okay. Like in my So, yeah, I can totally get like I mean, you're not necessarily going to find goblins everywhere, so it's good to have, like, an equivalent creature. Oh, yeah, I see To it pull out, yeah. Okay. Kind of, yeah. And I mean, with, also- with, with uh, like, the way that they inhabit and fight, I feel like they're just, they're not the, the evil-aligned 
version of the goblin. You know, they're yeah. they're on the other side of the spectrum. Um, good for NPCs if you're playing with them, like in the storyline. Even sometimes good for a, a a pretty buffed up character, depending on like what your campaign looks like. But not always going to be an instance right off the bat, like with goblins. Exactly. Yeah, <clears throat> I. I did see some like weird pictures, like everything I saw, and I this is why I didn't really add too much in the description about like the Germ- Germanic fairy tales of kobolds. They looked like gnomes. <laughs> they looked yeah. like little, you know, like yeah. like what we would think of as gnomes. Um, yep. But I did notice like a fun fa- a fun fact though that probably got carried over into like the fantasy lore of modern day was that like they're often like. Um, stealing farm tools which kind of tracks you know like uh stealing equipment to mine with or you know whatever and then uh, also they're they're commonly depicted holding like a lantern or a candle which for me personally that tracks um especially uh, usually in the dark yeah they're usually in the dark and uh in caves and things like that uh which there was some stuff in there as well so it's interesting to see like the tiny little pieces of the lore that that carried over because not only like how they translated those pieces into being like functional characteristics of the tribes you know exactly yeah it's it's super cool um I liked that a lot, that it's that old. I didn't realize. I thought maybe it was like a 1E thing, you know? <laughs> but sure, like a, like a true fantasy creation. Yeah. 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 Well, I feel like everything kind of comes from something. It's it's hard to find something that's never been created or written for, even in the 70s when D&D was being conceptualized and brought I mean, to fruition. Don't you guys think it would be really difficult to come up with so many different things like off the top of your head? I yeah. I don't even know if we're po- if we're capable of it because of the influence mm-hmm. we all have growing up and learning what it is we learn, you know? I, you know, yes and no because it's like I at, when I get when I get to be a DM and I get to create things, I, a lot of the times I'll like run into a, an issue where I'm like this is the kind of thing I want in this moment. Like, I want a fish person, but they have to be this kind of fish person. And then I'll look up the different kind of fish humanoids, and there's not the kind of fish humanoid that I want, uh, even though there's 12 already, so i got to make a 13th new one. So, like, yeah, uh, like, I I mean, it's probably a thing, but, like, the bear folk and the owlkin that I have in my campaign, like, they're, I don't know if there's, like, a playable race of bear folk sure i know there's uh i know they've done the owl thing owlin i think is brand new with one of the the books they just came out with but like you you still run into those things where you're like i really really want this to be in my fantasy game but it doesn't like i don't have any basis for it so yeah, yeah you just kind of retexture other other things but but yeah i mean everything at this point everything's been done so it's somewhere True. in some media it's done <laughs> you know um yeah. that's why i like the cobalts because they are in a in a stage where we in it have this like media overload where there's like 25 different streaming channels all creating their own original content drawing from like hundreds of years of mythos and other movies and shows we've still not seen the cobalt yeah, you know I mean, it's We've not mainstream. Uh, it's some kind of endearing cross between a dragon and a dog and a lizard living underground with like a hundred other of them. Um, I always imagine that they sleep like leopard geckos, just kind of like yeah. head on another and like just creating like a big linked puddle. Right. I, um, I would imagine you're not too far off. I, I was reading like something I read literally minutes before we hopped on because I was just like refreshing was that um, in, at least in D&D, the kobolds are considered better at mining than dwarves just because of their sheer numbers. So wow. like what they lack in uh, strength and stuff, um, they make up for in numbers and having no drive for anything except for mining. So it's like the dwarves, they want to go drink and have a good time, whereas the kobolds, they just want to keep mining. So 
time and numbers makes them better miners than dwarves which i think it could be debated and <laughs> like depends on what universe you're talking about because if you're talking yeah. lord of the rings there's no one no one tops the dwarves and yeah. generally yeah. the dwarves are more successful they probably just cover less ground so <laughs> i would have to say too that it would i would love to see the difference in skill as opposed to like the dwarves where you have like if you're a dwarven miner that's the profession you chose yeah whereas like the kobolds they just want to mine do they yeah. have skill do they have like you know theory and and technique that they dive into when they grow up to learn it or are they just bashing away at the wall hoping metaphor? yeah i mean they're not yeah. refining things they're probably cracking ores in half and gemstones they're probably yeah I was, well, I was thinking about that when we were talking about how they stole their tools in the like real world mythos and like how i wonder if they do that in D D because they probably don't refine they probably don't smith they probably don't craft their own stuff you know no and um like like i said it contradicts itself like they're considered one thing in many versions but a more recent book that came out that i actually just bought which was funny enough because after we decided on kobolds i bought um journey through the radiant citadel and in the first uh the first little arc that that's in that book uh there's a family of kobolds that are just working at a night market and they are literally just like normal npcs you can go talk to that i mean they have they're driven by um you know certain things that kobolds are also driven by but uh they're just doing their thing they're working their market they're selling food you know so i think i think it depends and and they they probably they live for a long long time there's a lot of them they can probably you know have uh, a couple hundred of them have ended up in different kind of societal structures or lost their the dragon may have been killed or something they are considered lawful evil creatures so that yep. totally tracks like yeah merchants just, are usually lawful evil <laughs> yeah it's, you know they're just gonna be kind of nasty to anyone who's not a part of their their clan whether yeah. they're cobalts or or otherwise like yeah if they've if they're running a market and they've joined a clan per se in this village um it would make sense that they weren't always quite so nasty to to their people but i'm sure that yeah. they still are i think it's interesting i think i, I think people severely underestimate the kobolds agreed i think there's so yeah. much more to them um but that's actually one of my prompts, and we haven't even done any of them yet. So uh, these are a couple questions, and I think we're doing pretty good. These are a couple questions I figured we'd ask for each monster. Um, Hold on. Can I say something real quick that I just read, and I think this is cute? Absolutely. Kobolds just, uh, kobolds may domesticate dire weasels to uh, <laughs> serve as guardians in their lairs. Dire weasels. Today, but I, I, I actually have a mini that I can print of a kobold riding a dire weasel. What? Oh my god. With a lance oh my in goodness. as like a knight. I want uh, a dire weasel. <laughs> yeah. I want a dire weasel. Hands down, probably the coolest mount in D&D. &D, Hell you know? yeah. There's, uh, like a, there's like some kind of new monster in that book I got um, that I can't pronounce its name or remember but it's essentially a giant like 12 armed ferret uh, i want that yeah i know right yeah. <laughs> for I some reason that's up. like the headcanon i just came up with when you said dire weasel <laughs> yeah even though they don't look they don't have 12 arms in the in the print i wish that they did because <laughs> can you imagine the intimidation like, factor of a kobold riding a 12 armed ferret oh my around, god like a millipede super <laughs> versatile oh god no I would hate that. That's horrible. Well, yeah. I mean, anything that's using 12 limbs to move at the same time looks terrifying when it moves, you know? Yeah, I would move my pauldrons if I saw that on the battlefield. <laughs> okay, um, so my first question for you guys is where was the first time you ever saw a kobold? Oh. Shit. 
And if you don't know, we're also after this, we're going to discuss just how we've seen them used in um, any kind of media. Look, I started playing D&D when I was, I think, eight, eight years ago, ten years ago. I didn't so realize I don't... you're such a, a long-time nerd. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, I. that's what I'm saying. I'm like, I think it's hilarious that, like, I I just happen to be this, like, weird linchpin of friends and family oh, that are nerds when it comes to D&D because I just, like, I was like, yeah, I want a D&D. And then the next thing I know, siblings are, like, headfirst in it. For context, Dylan is my brother. Oh, yeah, that's... Now, and it's like he started playing D and D what less than two years ago, and now he's probably one of the best DMs that like I would consider. Like, years? Uh, yeah. I mean, I remember. I think three years ago, Olivia and Drew said, "Hey, would you be interested in joining uh, a campaign we've really wanted to play for a long time?" And I was like, "And that, yeah, huh?" I, I like I. I really blossomed into my nerd nerdiness after high school. So around like, oh yeah, like almost as soon as I, I'd say 2013 or 2014, I dove headfirst into like my overload of nerdy everything, like anime, fantasy books, you know everything. Um, okay. But uh, as soon as you know, I was like kind of on the fence. And then I found out one of my favorite YouTubers had a D&D campaign, and I listened to, like, three episodes, and I kind of got a feel for, like, how D&D works or, like, tabletop role-playing games in general. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, I want to do this. And then I went way off the rails and oh listened God. to thousands and thousands of hours worth of D&D content, read books, and, like, by the time we actually started playing, I had... Uh, Comprehend- a fully fleshed out yeah. fucking campaign. And a very under- good understanding of um, a good understanding of the game. And by the time um, one of our players had to go on pregnancy leave, and we were not sure what to do, I was like, "Oh, by the way, I have an entire campaign we could play." Well, really, it's a prequel to the other campaign that I'm working on. So, I, like, just blows my mind. Big that. nerd. It's we're only playing absolutely for- mind blown. Yeah. And it's already so expansive and so immersive. I literally brag about you to everybody I know that plays DMZ. Obviously, I do too, because that is how I got... That's how Alex and Dylan are now friends, because I would brag about how amazing he was as a DM to Alex, and he's like, I gotta play with you guys. I gotta play with you guys. I was like, we'll make it happen. We'll we'll do it. Spin a yarn, I'll say. (laughs) Yes, I have some interesting stuff coming up for you guys. Um, uh-huh. may- maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll talk yeah. some more about uh, our personal D and D campaigns um, for sure. If if uh, you guys listening to this at home are interested in it, because we got some crazy stuff going on. Um, yeah, but Melina, you you were uh, you were saying? Oh yes. So I don't exactly remember the first like the first Cobalt encounter, but. I would guess that it was, like, probably within my first campaign. I was a new player and not a Dylan kind of new player. I My brain does not work in the same mannerisms that his is able to, like, weave through that all that information because I was not the player that I am until probably two, three years ago. Like, I was an okay player, but it takes a lot of... Oh, it takes a lot to to be able to interact with the story and also like know what's going on. So I guarantee you, in my first campaign, I fought kobolds. Yeah. But I also have no recollection. <laughs> so Yeah, um, totally. It's a lot of information at first. So like when you're trying sure. to juggle the storyline and everything. You're and still you trying don't... to figure out what an AC and what Dex exactly. modifier means, and they're like, "Here's a cobalt." You're like, "Okay, kill it." Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. If it's a cobalt, you're gonna kill it. So, like nowadays, we're like, like, "Do we have to kill it? Is that the true?" <laughs> what are the moral implications? <laughs> yes. Is someone? We're all about us? moral implications. Oh goodness! <laughs> Not Lord. No. Lord doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, we all play very strange characters we're always very 
indecisive in battle. Like, at least one of us has some kind of issue, whether it be my crazy paladin that wants to kill some things but refuses to kill others, or our vegan druid who doesn't want to kill any creatures, um, or Lorne who's just trying to di- dissect something because he's never seen it before. Yep. So That's fair. <laughs> And too interesting then... to ignore. <laughs> I don't even know what Svetla's deal is anymore. She's confused. Yeah, she, she slowly also turned into half Aster. <laughs> she did turn into half Aster. I'm. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a problem, but it's I'm trying. I have to pull her back a little bit. I'm being a little bit too nice as Svetla. Yeah, you gotta be meaner. <laughs> uh, Alex, I where... just have to be more ignorant. Uh, do you have a first encounter with Cobalt? I, I'm a lot like Melina because I've been obsessed with fantasy for my entire life. I grew up reading everything that I could get my hands on from vampires to dragons to knights and all, all things in between. Um, while I don't think any of the books that I read specifically mentioned Cobalt, I have played Final Fantasy franchise games for a long time, and I, I know that's a recurring monster yeah. in the franchise so i would have to say it would be final fantasy but the first memorable experience i had with them was when i got obsessed with lit rpg books yeah um i I think i read like 80 in the span of six months and there was a series and i'm I'm forgetting the name but it might be the way of the shaman by vasily mahenko um and the main character ends up like befriending a like alone kobold and like helping they help each other like out of a jail situation i think and what happens is like the character ends up like winning the tribe over through this act and like gaining like physical characteristics of kobold oh that's cool interesting the reason why i remembered it was because like we i've obviously had heard of them and like knew like they're pretty insular and they don't like outsiders and they're they like attack outsiders with kind of impunity you know like they don't give a shit but this one instance was so different in that way that they not only accepted an outsider but allowed him to take the blessing of the dragon with him and like carry on their tribal like titles and names and stuff like that in his in his image which i thought was pretty sweet that is awesome yeah, it really, it does, it, it like shows even more that importance that Cobalt seemed to have with the, the pack. You know, like the yeah. reason why adventurer after adventurer will underestimate a Cobalt is because they'll see just a couple and then they'll be surprised by the ferocity and quickness that the entire clan will swarm them. Yep. You know, there's, it's only so much you can do when it's four against a hundred or yeah, two hundred. Exactly. Yeah, doesn't matter. I feel like you're level ten, or it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. Nope. Um, I feel like the thing with kobolds is when you look at them, you're like, this is a combat ready creature. This this creature just wants to come in and fight, but they rarely fight. They yep. like that's the thing. Like you go in expecting it to be a fight, and then you get ambushed. You get trapped you get poisoned because in reality like they work they they fight like goblins they fight with trickery they fight with numbers they don't like they're not direct direct or like hand-to-hand combat like that's not like what that's exactly what you would expect approaching a, a kobold if you've never seen one yep because they just look like brooding creatures ready for a fight but it's not the case. <laughs> so if you look at like the goblinoid family too, from like top to bottom, there's like <clears throat> trolls at yeah. the very top and goblins being at the like skin bottom. I would say that there's that same hierarchy with dragon kind where you go from like dragons to lesser dragons, wyverns, all the way down to the very last. The very last. Yeah. I feel know, like where we have cult. <laughs> You know, which if is Cobalt's weird. in that, it's on the bottom. bottom it, it's the very it's bottom. Very yeah, it bottom. Would be, it would be the very bottom. But also, I mean, that's why they're very goblin esque because they are consistently being stepped on, uh, yeah. overlooked. You know what I mean? Like even their even their like gifts 
from the dragon bloodline are mm-hmm. so so rare and and few between that like it's yeah. almost legend to them you know yeah and it and it is i mean true the, they worship them as deity so exactly and if, if you were if you're that far removed you know um with any sort of intelligence from some some kind of greater being it changes the way that you interact with your world Absolutely. you know like imagine if our gods that we all you know created and or adhere to you know if they were walking on this earth as giant or as like un like understandable as they are like how would that change how we interact with our world i i feel like we would escape right into the ground <laughs> so uh, before i feel like uh, before i talk about my first experience with kobolds cuz it is actually one of the very first things in fantasy that i remember um very clearly um i want to bring this up while i'm thinking about it but i i came across something that kind of touches base on what you were just saying about like their worldview uh, they share something with dragons, which is unique uh, to some of the more ancient or like creatures that live for thousands of years. And that's like the concept of the long view, the long view or like the uh, oh. like everlasting life kind of thing. So like cobalts yeah. view it in a different way because they only live to a, like a max of 400 years. And that's super rare, usually only 120. But they go okay. through they go through life um, with the mindset of a dragon and obviously dragons will sit on their hordes for hundreds of years sleeping and doing nothing um so essentially and like i could i could have this wrong and i think we're gonna end up touching on this a lot when we talk about some of the greater uh monsters or constructs um but it doesn't matter if they're facing like remedial tasks or unfathomable foes uh their worldview is based solely off of taking actions towards like the very like long long distant future so like they're happy mining their entire lives because they know that they're gonna better the clan so it's like a it's like a hive mind of that concept uh, but but like they're happy doing it it's like humans they can't mine stones for their entire life from start to finish and be happy doing it at least most of them but like right. kobolds are happy right. to do that because they understand that they are a cog in the machine that is their clan or yeah or like they're trying to appease their dragon and then they they know it in a hundred generations they'll finally have enough to make the dragon happy and that's and then, enough for them yeah that's such a different point of view from human thinking because we are taught that we are all individual and through that individuality we all have aspirations and goals for ourselves and we we have passions and stuff but if you think about it the the passions and the aspiration of a cobalt is the clan and yep. the like the everlasting life of that clan and so like you do whatever it is be it you know slowly chipping away at a monolith to fighting a level 20 you know, necromancer with a horde of undead who keeps turning your your dead uh, friends into enemies. You know, like yeah. you you do it because if you if you were to fail to do it, you might be the link in the chain that causes the rest of that extinction. Yeah. You know, and you don't want that to a could point we rise. Could we say that that is a very similar motivation to the dwarves? I, absolutely. I think so. I feel like they're also, they they work in that similar, like, for the clan, for the dwarves, like, we're going to build this empire, we have to make it stronger. If we don't make it stronger, we've failed. Like, of course, they're, like, a much more prideful, like, race, of course. But, like, as far as we're doing this for the future, we have long lives, we need to, like, make sure we're here, we're strong, we last. Yeah. Like, Like... Unlike the dwarves where, you know, unless you're a clan who with the longevity and the like the mono the like giant grand things that you have mm-hmm. to like testament of your of your longevity, like you look at those dwarf cultures and clans who have fallen out or like, you know, been destroyed by the times and like there there is no there is no loyalty to that. 
yeah. in dwarven culture. Yeah, that's I true. I feel like in cobalt culture, if they were to come across like a, a den of, of cobalt that got wiped out, they would they would start that clan over right then and there to continue the the line of cobalt because their idea of that long game, like you were saying, Dylan, is so deep into their mindset that like mm-hmm. even if it takes a thousand years of them sitting in this den breeding and chipping away to make it bigger they will bring it back and then there's another line of cobalt a thousand years strong yeah and it's it's a weird concept to consider as a human because we're inherently survivalists you know we want to personally survive and achieve personal goals they are totally content not surviving that's why they'll just attack you on site sometimes because that's the goal and what they see like to further their you know it, I can't say further their ambitions because their ambitions is only that of the the clan all right we'll take a quick break Thank you for listening to our very first episode of Mornings with Monsters. Ooh, cobalt, spooky. Uh, I hope you're not too scared. But I wanted to let you know you can email us with a monster you'd like us to talk about. You know, your favorite monster, your least favorite monster. If you just want to chat, comment, let us know what you think, you can reach us at morningswmonsters at gmail.com. Yeah, so hit us up there. You can check out some stuff we post on our Instagram uh, at Mornings with Monsters. Uh, we'll put images there of all the monsters we discuss. And I wanted to give a huge shout out to at Mizzencake on Instagram. That's at M I Z E N Cake. Uh, on Instagram. Uh, They did our artwork and it looks super cool as I'm sure you can see that by now. Um, But yeah, make sure you hit us up. Let us know uh, what you think of the first episode. uh, And, uh, you know, maybe we'll talk about your favorite monster. Uh, It's going to be a couple weeks uh, because we did a few recordings just to get our bearings. So look at that in the future and we'll definitely give you a shout out if we talk about your monster. So make sure you let us know who you are. Alrighty, guys, I'll let you get back to the rest of your episode. Thanks so much, and uh, I'll see you again next week. I'm going to uh, real quickly talk about my very first experience with Cobalt. And as soon as you said, because um, we were we were talking about making this podcast before we even had a name for it, we kind of kind of knew what we wanted to do. But once we decided, hey, we're going to talk about monsters specifically. Um, he said, oh my gosh, can we do kobolds for our first episode? And I was like, that, that is so poetic because one of the most nerdy things I, I've ever done was getting addicted to World of Warcraft. And Oh, yes. And I had, I had a very big addiction to it. And I played a human paladin in the starting area of Goldshire and back in the day you had to grind and so the very first main enemy that i had to grind for like probably weeks at the time because i didn't know what i was doing was kobolds and um i didn't know what a kobold was and it was one of my first like fantasy monster fights and it was so exciting um but i will never forget the little like dog-like shrieks of these kobolds and they they were furry they were like little rat guys and they also had this very iconic like melted candle on top of their their head or helmet um as like their their mining lamp was like literally just a candle that's so, amazing <laughs> so i so old school i know yes. right so and they would use like cobbled together like armor and tools that they were stealing from their farmers and stuff so it it was just it's it's funny because one of my very first you know encounters with a, a monster in that I had to fight was Cobald. So that's I, thought, I thought that that's was hilarious. funny. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> and it that's why I love paladins to this day, uh, playing them and uh, you know messing around with their alignment and stuff. That was, was my. That's yeah. That was my first uh, class when I. Oh, you same. When I started playing Final Fantasy XIV, oh. uh, I picked the Paladin because I'm like a sword guy. I, I've always liked the sword. I had never played an MMO before. 
Yeah. And I got kicked out of every dungeon I tried because uh, yeah. you're, supposed, you're supposed to tank, and I don't know what that is. I'm sorry. I don't <laughs> yeah. know. What, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, I was waiting for everybody. So it's it's funny that Cobalt's uh, being like one of my favorite monsters in fantasy, being your first. Yeah. That's pretty dope. Yeah. So it's it, it worked out without even having to like you guys didn't even know that. So yeah, it was interesting that you yeah. picked that. Nice little magic for our first episode. Yeah. And weren't we fighting kobolds in a campaign around the time we decided to do kobolds? Or am I going crazy? Um, there, I actually used a kobold. Um, was it Vanguardians that we... Um, there was a... Yeah, because we haven't fought any kobolds. A den kobolds. of kobolds? No, it wasn't a den of kobolds, but when you guys were in... The city of Azari's gift in the root system. There was a kobold that you um, that Murdered kind of told. No, no, he he was trying to steal your gold um, in a thieves' den, and then you. I don't remember exactly what you did, but um, you ended up convincing him to tell you where the um, the specific uh, where the wilted leaf was. The uh, you know. So, you only talked to him for a few minutes, but uh, that was literally the only kobold I think you've ran into. There might have been some in one of the dungeons, but I'm not sure. There's a lot of monsters in those dungeons. Um, yeah, I don't think we fought, fought any in the dungeons. They, they haven't been very significant in either campaigns yet, so. This next question, so I think we can... Hold on, I have a quote from a kobold. Oh, Do you want to hear it? Yes. <laughs> Uh, speaking as a fellow kobold, I'll be as direct as possible. The odds of you dying by adventurer are high. So high, in fact, that if you accidentally drank a quart of poison, it would only reduce your chance of dying at the hands of an adventurer by 5%. <laughs> That's amazing. Is this, is this like found in their handbook to koboldery? I don't, it's, it's, it's from a shaman. How to be a kobold for dummies. Yes, I, I. So I'm looking at um D and D, the like lore wiki. Yeah. Um, which I just think it's like it's kind of a cool place to have everything. Yeah, especially you know, since little... uh, kobolds are olds and they've been in every edition and mm -hmm. they've been shown in so many ways <laughs> that yeah. it's all compiled. That's where I found jumbled mess because. Like... <laughs> uh, so monsters in D and D all have like an alignment and kobolds have their own but i think it's interesting uh like i i leave out alignment a lot in my um campaign because i think individuals have individual motivations which can change those even from kobold clan to kobold clan depending on yeah the as of far the as dragon, creatures go absolutely you know like a kobold clan that is worshiping uh you know lawful good dragon might not just inherently attack, um, you know, adventurers. So, like, what do you guys think? Are they more on the evil spectrum or more on the good spectrum or just... I want to say that, like, because they're so set apart from so many things, you know what I mean? Like, they're not dragons. They do live so far under the ground that, like, they have to be caught out, like, on the surface. They're, they don't interact with humans or other humanoids so much that they they are a neutral group. Yeah. Uh, like you were saying, from clan to clan, like, if they are worshipping a, a, a dragon deity that they can, like, interact with or, like, understand at a certain level of, like, what that dragon stands for, that's going to that's gonna differ so much because... In in D and D, the dragons are so different from each other. I mean, reds will be reds, but like, sure. Even okay. still, like that individual dragon is going to have its own pride, its own enigma, uh, or ego. I mean, so like, I would say that that you can't really go into a cobalt fight on one side of the planet and a cobalt fight on the other side of the planet and expect the same thing to happen. Sure. I don't know if that is something I necessarily agree with. Um, 
I think that you can like expect a certain amount of obvious moves, like tactics that are going to be used just because they are such a self-involved species. Like just they're as much as like they do focus on dragons, they focus on themselves even more. And they might worship the dragons, but like unless like one of them has gained the favor of a dragon that is inherently good, I don't think it's like going to be strong enough to like really take them away from that like evilness sense like not evil in the sense of uh gonna go murder everybody like a bunch of babies like just evil in the sense of like when you're walking down the street there's no reason to say fuck you to like every driver but you might do it anyway if you're just an asshole kind of kind of a bitch but like he's not um, holding any doors open yeah not holding no doors open for nobody like lawful evil i've I feel like lawful can sometimes be interpreted as good just because your motivations, like, to yourself always seem, like, more... Like, they make more sense. Like, they're, yeah, they they're are just, good. Like, like, you, yes, you have a justification because you're, it's you're like, in, it's, it's lawful. It's by your moral standards. Yeah, it goes to the code that you wrote. Yeah. Exactly. But it's like, when you really look at the world morals, you're like... Fuck you. <laughs> um, so I think that, like, in extreme circumstances, <laughs> they're definitely going to operate in, different, in a different manner. I yeah, I, I, would, I would say that, like, my personal view of kobolds is, is neutral. Um, they're not looking for a fight. They're just, if they could live in a cave and mine gold for their dragon deity their entire life... They would be content doing that without trying to take over civilizations and things like that. But, like, I also think there's a touch of evil in there just because, like, by their moral standards, you know, they know that they'll never be a dragon, but they're okay with that. And if someone shows up and they're not, you know, helping them... It, like in, in aiding that goal of you know creating wealth for a dragon then they're gonna attack them so that to them makes sense because you know the way they look at the world but to everyone else that would be considered immoral <laughs> you don't just sure. attack people so I, yeah. I think that unfortunately there is a touch of evil in the cobalt inherently. Yeah, I would I would have to say that they skew evil for sure, just yeah. because of that selfish drive. You know. Sure. Um, like which, I said, it would take like a favor from an extremely powerful being. I think it would like, take direct orders, like because unless yeah. other unless the dragon came down and said don't kill people, they're gonna if the if it goes against anything they're working towards. Which would be super rare because, uh, from what I could understand, it seems like... So originally when dragons were created, um, they were made as immortal immortal beings. But uh, they were also all given only one thing like in common, essentially. And that was the, the need for wealth. And they were not given any way to specifically accomplish this goal of creating wealth. And so... The, the mage who created the dragons um, basically told the dragons, hey, you can uh, create life from your life, but you will no longer be immortal beings. You can do this by uh, creating... I think they had to like sacrifice their immortality uh, to essentially create the kobolds uh, who could uh, you know spawn more kobolds and yeah. gather wealth for them. So... Yeah. The the kobolds are, in my world, in my view of the kobolds at least, is they are a manifestation of dragons' greed for wealth. And for sure, and that, then knowing dragons too, like why would they ever want to talk to the kobolds? Yeah, know? they wouldn't care. They don't need to because it, they have their their use. They're they're like any other tool to be used. Like a good tool, it only wants to serve the purpose, which is great for the dragons you know yeah so we may have kind of just answered that but uh why are kobolds so misunderstood 
<laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, misunderstood. I don't know if they are misunderstood. I think they're just not, they're just not, they're overlooked, really. They're overlooked. They're overlooked rather than misunderstood. Yeah. If there's a misunderstanding, it's that they're strong. Or, or that they're like inherently weak too. Yeah. Because like neither one of those extremes are true. You know what I mean? It's very, it's, true. it's super dependent on the, the situation because if it's like three kobolds in the outside, they're going to try to run away. You know, they're not going oh, yeah. to, they're not going to do anything to purposefully like engage, but they're cowards and less in numbers. Hundred, hundred percent. But if you can, if they can get you back to their den, they will stand. You know, or yeah. unless they see a gnome. Yeah, they. And they, they then they're gonna go ape shit. Are they their sworn enemies? In D and D, kobolds uh, were the first people to ever enslave gnomes. Ooh. Gnomes and kobolds yeah. hate each other. Even though Deep kobolds that. are smaller. Passionate hatred. And like gnomes need... were enslaved by many different races, but kobolds were the very first. Oh, I need to Lord, remember Lord. that. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, Good to know. I, I personally think like kobolds uh, in if I'm like a creature in a in a world where there are kobolds, I would agree with all of that. And but in general I think as a you know, consumers of fantasy. Uh, I think people just don't even realize that kobolds are akin to dragons. You know, I think yeah. I think that's the biggest misunderstanding. You just think they're just fodder for your low-level characters. Um, I can see that. You know, I I you very rarely see kobolds other than like a bunch of them mining, or you know, a bunch of them. Uh, attacking you or like yeah even like even in, the outliers in 14 they don't they are like spiders with rock bodies so they huh. don't even look yeah you know what i mean like it's just they're using the name and that, yeah that's... and i mean they they do like eat rock like in tunnels and stuff like in sure. the lore but like you know whatever it it does not mean anything to a dragon yeah it's a like a goblin or gremlin like you know, that's just a name that they throw on a low-level yep. evil character. So, mm -hmm. um, and then uh, we're running a little long, so I got one last question that I think uh, is probably the most fun question that we should ask for every creature. Um, how would you like to see them used in media or gameplay, or how would you use them? Honestly, now that I like have a full understanding of their relation to dragons, I would love to see like that interaction. Because, sure. like we said, you don't see them, like, you don't think about that because you don't really ever see them in association with dragons. Like, but if there was, like, a horde near, like, an actual, like, dragon's horde as well, um, like, almost if the dragon was just, like, like, made its horde in the mountain that the kobolds are currently mining kind of thing, sure. like, that kind of dynamic, I think that could be, like, a really cool, like mini dungeon or something yeah that would be not, fun not i am not the dm I, my brain does not <laughs> quite work like that i would but, uh, i would love to see a city or society of like highly advanced kobolds with a dragon sitting at the pinnacle so essentially like dragons on the throne ruling a city and then all around him are like these kobolds all just like doing normal life things but in at the end of the day it's all working towards their their god king which is the dragon and yeah, like that would be like rolling buildings. up into that city <laughs> yeah i can imagine yeah. like buildings built up of like just gold carved yeah. in dragon shape and stuff and like all of these like very scholarly yeah little like kobolds uh, walking around with glasses <laughs> yes i'd be <laughs> their, down their arms <laughs> and their sleeves and stuff you know yeah it's like uh, it's kind of like we were talking about if if kobolds were you know given an order not to be evil. Like I, I think if we had like a, a lawful good dragon sitting on the throne, yeah. and these kobolds were just left for thousands of years to build up a society with the, the help of the dragon, that could yeah. be really really interesting. Either it that or some kind of like race war between the dragonborns and the kobolds. <laughs> oh. Ooh. Oh, that might okay. be interesting. <laughs> that would be super fun. Okay, my... I feel like that would have to. That could be like a good combination. Yeah, like 
the city gone into a race. Maybe the maybe the uh, dragon of the kobolds knows that the dragon who like spawned the dragonborn line is like gonna do some weird cataclysmic shit, and then there you go. Like the foul blooded kobolds, kobolds will to, be like, no more. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I would, love, I would love a an adaptation of ants. But, okay. But with kobolds instead. So like uh like Michael Sarah plays sure. like Woody Allen's character and he's just like super neurotic about like why do I have to mine? Like I, I just think that I'm like I'm built to go out and explore and like adventure and so the one uh the one kobold with personal goals. Yeah, exactly. And so like huh. he he ends up like striking out and like um and like trading places with like a guard kobold or something like that. Sure. And like the other four guards just get slaughtered by a single dude in like mismatched armor. <laughs> like and, a bullywog. Um, <laughs> they get invaded. No, like a regular human. Oh, but like, oh, like an adventurer. Oh. Yeah, but like a low level one who's just like wearing whatever they have, yeah. like picked up. And like he just like escapes, but he doesn't go back to the den because like everybody else died. And he doesn't want to be a miner anymore. So <laughs> it's like cobalt stay out. Okay. Like I it would love be that. it would be hilarious because like the ant storyline plays in so well with how cobalts are like one of the hive and they, they are That's like true. They're building towards something that they will never see. You know what I mean? And like the main character is so neurotically not that. And I think it was Arnold Schwarzenegger's character that he like. No, it was uh, who played Rocky? So Stallone. Yeah, he oh, was like Stallone's? this big. Oh yeah, dude yeah, I remember. In the in the ant army, and I think that would be really interesting if we just switched it for like cobalt tactics. You know, like they don't have armies sure. that go out, but like, you know, yeah, guard ones at the at the entrance of the of the. Yeah, I think be. they could have those. I mean, there's like. The Erds, they'd probably have one or two in a society of winged, you know, magic yeah. users. Yeah, for sure. And, like, it would be hilarious to play out, like, not as, like, an action adventure, but as an action comedy. And I think D&D is getting to be to the point where, like, people would actually watch the fuck out of that. Oh, I think so. Oh, sure. Yeah, we got, we're, we're starting this podcast at a great time. D&D is on the uprise again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm not not excited for the D D movie. <laughs> I mean I'm I'm like really holding off on judgment because Told you, know you like that mimic though, like if this if they yeah. keep it if they keep it solid, like if you haven't watched the D D trailer, go watch it because that mimic Yeah, you know what I'm oh, most excited for? Quality. I'm most excited <laughs> for the interest in Dungeons and Dragons that movie is going to stir up in non non nerdy people. Green. It's going I know. to be a link that we need for people who are brilliant storytellers or like really tactically minded who would never play mm-hmm. because of the folly. They'll be like, wait, they, we can do we can this. this. You yeah. can do whatever the yeah. fuck you want. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's we like a video game with battle no and rules? just instead like go build a civilization all by ourselves. Yes. Right. People oh. get so intimidated by the numbers or the role play, but like when you just take it one at a time and let your DM help you and use your fucking resources, it's yeah. really, you can catch the fuck on right quick. Just latch on to one thing in D&D and like, let it build you from there because everybody gets into it differently. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it doesn't matter how, it just matters that you, you enjoy it and you're having fun. Yes. You're getting better while you're doing that because even if you don't try, if you're having fun and you're doing it, you're getting better. So exactly, exactly, exactly. All right. Well, I think what a uh, wonderful note. We um, we I think we should wrap it up there, guys. We we had a solid first episode. So thank you so much for joining us That's with uh, on our first morning with monsters. Mornings with monsters. Awesome. Uh, yes. as if everything goes well, we should be able to uh, see you next week. With a, another monster. Uh, yes. You will have to tune in to find out which one. Because and uh, yeah. uh, we, may, we may 
add a email address in the the middle part of the episode so you can uh, write in to tell us your thoughts on kobolds or what kind of monsters you want us to talk about and review. Although yeah. we're saving mimics, I'm saying it right now. We're gonna save <clears> mimics <throat> for a couple episodes at least. <laughs> Look, mimics. Because we've clear. already had hour long conversations uh, about mimics. We you don't want to. We could do an entire podcast about mimics, but I think after three or four or five of these, we'll we'll have a better game plan and we can discuss yeah. them oh, then okay. with a better. Maybe we outline. should save mimics for our grand finale. Our grand finale, sure. Yeah. Oh God, Season mimics is <laughs> six years later. <laughs> we can we're, do. We're still mi- going. It's still going. Like every three episodes, another mimic. Uh, uh, that's volume. also not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. The mimic series we the could mimic have. Series. Like, <laughs> side story. Mornings with monsters, and then mimics, mimics in the morning. M- mimics in the morning. I love that. Ugh, that's a better name. All right. Well, we'll see you next time, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Have a good morning. See ya. Bye.